I am an Ephraim Salam fan, longtime NFL player, NFL analyst, great guy, fellow. What is it, Ephraim? Is it Los Angelino? Is that is that the term? Is that what I'm supposed to say? No, nah, man. We just we just in LA. It's just, Thank you. It's just LA. It's easier. Man, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Let me do it again. Let me start over. And we're you know he and I are both in LA. Just you know cool <laughs> as a, cool as a cucumber. Bill Ryder here. <laughs> what do you uh? There's a lot of ways to go with what Aaron Rodgers has been up to. I'm sure you've seen this uh, on the Pat McAfee show. Said that some of the guys should be benched. Followed with the media yesterday and said, I'm just going to speak truth. People need to accept it. They're obviously not playing well, at least at the standards of that team. They have a huge game against Buffalo in Buffalo this weekend. What's your read as a former offensive lineman, as a longtime NFL player, of Aaron Rodgers' general approach this year with what's going on with this team? Um, the, the disconnect for me as a former offensive lineman is the, the leadership. It's it's a way you you're, you should lead to connect with your team and resonate with your team. And Aaron Rodgers has shown over the years that that's not the case. Um, there's a lot of pouting and a lot of finger pointing uh, for Aaron Rodgers, and we've all been witness to it. And it never seems to really ever be his fault. And I don't know. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a personality thing. I don't know. We, you've had guys come out of. You know, former players come out and speak about this. Uh, it just seems like it's either the organization's fault, the coach, the GM, you know, the young players. And I, I, I've been, um, uh, for me, if you're an elite quarterback, receivers don't make an elite quarterback. Elite quarterback make receivers. You look at Tom Brady and what he did with, with a bunch of guys built like you, in New England for decades. Super good looking? And that <laughs> no, looking like CPAs and, and tax attorneys. <laughs> Got it. All right, he single handedly put uh the value of short white receivers back on the map in the NFL. And no one know who no one knew who Wells Welker Welker or or Edelman or any of those guys were before Tom Brady. But Aaron Rodgers seems to have a problem with any receiver who's not at the caliber of, you know, one of the top two in the league. And I just don't understand that from a leadership standpoint. Ephraim Salam here on the show. He agree with everything that you just said. Um, and you have a perspective I don't and most of us don't. Follow-up question there. To what degree, if any, do you think some of the angst this year is what you're talking about plus – the fact that Rodgers just isn't as good as he used to be, and, and maybe it's harder to carry yourself that way when you're not playing at the elite, elite, elite level. Is is there a correlation between his play and some of the angst this season? Well, yeah, because when you're not playing well and you're used to being the MVP back-to-back, right, then it can't be you, right? That's the notion. The narcissism in us would never, wouldn't allow us to, to believe that it's us. So then you start to point the finger outward like, oh, well, it, it must be them, or it must be that, or we must have to simplify this, or we must need to do that because it, it just can't be me, right? And and I think that's one of one of, one of of the issues. I, Ephraim Slam here on CBS Sports Radio, I feel almost wrong comparing Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady because Aaron Rodgers is 38. Tom Brady is, what, 45? I mean, it's... 
astounding we're talking about them in the same way, given how much older Brady is. But he's also not playing particularly well. Um, he has some personal things in his life that have been well publicized that he is that he has addressed. He, that team is also not playing particularly well. Do you think, when it comes to Tom Brady, that we're getting to that point we've discussed for it feels like a decade and been wrong for a decade, where maybe we're close? And Kurt Warner said this that maybe it's just time for for Tom Brady to to not be a football player anymore. Well, it's it's time for 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 him to not be a football player and his diminished play. Uh, and what's going on with the team has nothing to do with his abilities. We know Tom Brady can still sling the ball. It's Football commands more respect than having one foot in and one foot out. And that's where we are with Tom Brady. When you retire in the offseason, <clears throat> that's one foot out. When you come back two months later, that's one foot in. When in the middle of training camp, which you've never done in the history of your 20-year career, Leave training camp for 11 days to go hang out with your family, that's one foot out. When you come back, that's one foot in. When you miss a walkthrough, which you've never done before ever, and the team playing to go to your friend's wedding, that's one foot out. And when you come back and play poorly, that's one foot in. So this is, this is, this is what we're dealing with, with with Tom Brady. It's a little different than, than Aaron Rodgers. It's the fact that I don't know if Tom necessarily – uh, is putting in the effort that we've known him to do that has made him arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And it's hard to do that when your your home life isn't where it should be and you feel like maybe you should be there and not here. That's the straddling of, of, of the line. And normally elite athletes are able to block out the noise at home no matter how severe it is. You know, we've seen guys come out and play tremendously after deaths in the family, um, you know, after kids, not like everything. But when you're one foot in and one foot out, it's hard to compartmentalize the out part and still carry that on uh, onto the field. That is such a great answer and great insight from, for me from Slom here on the show. He obviously, one foot in, one, one foot out, continues tonight, Thursday Night Football, against a I don't even know what to make of the Ravens, but certainly at times very, very dangerous. What do you expect from this game? Um, you know, the Ravens are, well, for the first three quarters, the Ravens are tremendous. They're electric. It's the fourth quarter where I think um, they get a bit too conservative. I think they get too safe. And they allow teams to make in-game adjustments to where they understand what they're trying to do by the time the fourth quarter comes and they stall offensively. Uh, we've seen that. They've, they've given up uh, leads and lost games in the last quarter, which is uh, unlike a hardball team. But I think, um, I think this game is important for Baltimore. I think it's important for Lamar, Lamar Jackson, what he's trying to do in terms of betting on himself. Uh, and I, and I, I know it'll be exciting you know, just simply because of the storylines. Um, but I, I think Baltimore is, is, is figured out how to, to turn that corner, and they're going to uh, come up with a game plan that really, you know, maybe opens it up a little bit more in the fourth quarter, not just trying to sit on the lead. Ephraim, we've got – we're in brave new territory here in terms of 
the Giants and the Jets, at least from the perspective of their, their records. They are playing. You can only play the people in front of you. Good football, really good football so far. We also know in the NFL that things can change and things can turn and, and media can overreact. To what degree are you taking the Giants and or the Jets seriously as long-term this season, including the playoffs, formidable football teams? I'm very serious. And everybody else should take them very serious as well. Winning is contagious. Belief is contagious. I said this after week one for the New York Giants. I said Brian Daybowles won the locker room. Watch. I said this after week one. Watch what this does to this team. The fact that he was not satisfied with going with the tie and in that moment decided he was going to change the culture of the New York Giants from what it had been for a decade or more. That. That's how you win the locker room. So when you look up and you look at their record, it's not surprising to me. It's not because I knew in that moment with his high level of ability as a coach and Saquon Barkley being the guy that we saw come out of uh, college, I knew that this team was going to turn the corner. The Jets, the energy there, the passion that Robert Sala plays with that we've seen for so many years on the sideline at, at San Francisco that I saw in Houston when he was an assistant, that's how you change the culture. That's how you change the locker room. When you got guys willing to do anything for you, you have to take that team serious. And they don't care what your record is, whoever their opponent is. They're more focused on them and then that'll handle itself when it, when it comes to playing. Neither one of those teams has a premier quarterback, but yet they're winning. Explain that. E from Salam breaking it down. E, last one for you. I'm going to not pick on Justin Herbert. I just want your, your perspective. A lot of hype, a lot of expectations. He's playing through rib injury. I've never played football, but I've had broken ribs, so I can tell you even – Coffin can be painful with 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 broken ribs. It's it, it is not easy. Do you think we're giving Herbert too much credit too early, or not enough credit for for playing her? What, where do you come down on on the Chargers QB? No, I like Justin Herbert. I don't like uh, necessarily um, the Chargers and their inability to stay healthy for whatever reason. Um, I think Justin Herbert can make every throw. Tremendous talent, extremely intelligent. Uh, he is the quarterback of the future for whatever reason. It's not amounting to wins in, in San Diego. And I can tell you, I mean, nobody's thrown for more yards in their early career more than Justin Herbert. Nobody's had more than more 300-plus games. I mean, this kid can do everything with the ball. It's just not translating to wins. And I've really I'm, I've been trying to figure this out. For the last two years, I knew he was special when he came, you know, off the bench before the game against uh, Kansas City a couple years ago and annihilated, at, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I was like, oh, okay, he has it. We've seen that. But I don't know how, you know, to fix this issue. There's some, some things going on uh, from a coaching standpoint that I think it's, hurt, it's hurting the Chargers, some of the decisions. Uh, and I, I think that can that can ruin the flow. I think it can undermine what you're trying to do and have people scratching their head 
players scratching their head. Uh, so I think if they can shore up some of those things and get healthy, I, I think Justin Herbert would be fine. Ephraim Salam, my friend, buddy, what a great interview. Love the insight. Appreciate you, man. Just two guys here in L.A., just hanging out, living here in L.A., buddy. Thanks for uh, Thanks for being on. Always, Bill.